Hello. You are listening to En Her Element podcast, featuring Maria Elena Marroquin and Leo Cadia Chuafe. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Honor Element. I'm Leia Kadia Chwafe, and today is just me. Marlena is not here, but we do have a very special guest who is a friend <laughs> of both Marlena and I. We have Nancy. Is it Shaver? Yes. Shaver. Okay, so we have Nancy Shaver here. Um, I met Nancy. Last August, it was at Marilena's thing, and you and Marilena, well, I'm in, we're all like in Rotary, um, but how long have you known Marilena? Do you meet her at Rotary? Yes. When she joined Rotary, um, I, I just, I loved her immediately, and <laughs> we went to lunch and started to get to know each other, and she was looking for uh, a change in employment, and I helped her with that a little bit. You know, so yeah, we just... It, ever since she joined Rotary, we became friends. Yeah, and that was what, what I guess a year, two years ago, three years ago. I don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I met you at Marlena's birthday thing yes. last August, and immediately, <laughs> Nancy knows that I'm a huge fan of hers. I, I'm not discreet about it. I'm the president of her fan club. I met you, and I was like, I want to be this lady's friend. And keep in mind, like. She, Nancy, like you can't see, but Nancy's could be old enough to be like my mom. I think you're younger than my mom. I assume so. Like oh, it's kind of my my mom. She's turning sixty this year. So, but like I, the fact that like I want to be this like older lady's friend, and I'm just like, but I'll be so weird, and then you're just like, hi, and I was like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> I remember that first day we met. We sat across the table from each other, and it was kind of a mm-hmm. big table. We were spread out and really mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to talk very much. So I was mm-hmm. I was just so flattered and amazed when you later reached out to me. I, mean, I know. You just had, like, really good energy. And, like, the way you, you're very, like, you're very approachable. And, like, you have a very, like, loving spirit. And, like, Marlena, like, she talked, like, so highly of you as well. So I was, like... I want to be this lady's friend. And And then, of course, as soon as we met, it was like instant connection. So So we have have Nancy Shaver here. Um, This is like the third episode of our Women's History Month series. So like we, I wanted to bring Nancy on because Nancy is someone who I absolutely love and admire and I remember when we first met, we had a, I mean, we talked about a lot of things, but we had like a really good conversation about like your life, but mainly focusing on like career. Like you studied like journalism and then you worked in corporate America and now you have your own business. And like, we talked about like confidence. And like, I think for me as someone who's like 25 and still trying to figure a lot of things out, like off clearly you have lived so much longer than me you know what you're doing you're satisfying your life whatnot but it was kind of cool 
to like hearing your conversation that at one point you're like, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, but like I'm here and all it turns out. So like, I remember I was going through like a weird period of that time. So I think that's why that conversation stuck out to me. But I kind of want to like bring that conversation here because I, I know I just feel you have a lot of insight. And I think especially for like young women navigating the world, especially in the workforce. And I think in life in general, we have a hard time seeing our worth. And we have a hard time staying up for ourselves and being confident in who we are. And so I just really want to have that conversation. That was a long tangent to say. I just want to have this conversation. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm honored that you asked me to join. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. I, I think what we talked about was really more of a journey than anything else. Um, right. Can you talk about how, well, you studied journalism at, was it Ohio State? Please correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So yeah, you mentioned that you started journalism in Ohio State. So I guess we can start from there, like maybe like going to college and like picking your major and then you proceeded to like do your major for a while. And then you ended up doing, I think, something like different. So maybe just like talk about that, like that journey yeah, of yours. Yeah, sure. So I mean, I um, college was was pretty outstanding. I thought. Um, I mean, what a wonderful thing to get to go to school every day and just learn. Mm-hmm. You know how extraordinary. Um, but I was one of those kids who didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to do everything, you know, (laughs) I I took courses all over the place. I mean, you know, sciences and literature and writing and, um, computer science and food science and just everything that interested me until finally I, uh, you know, they had an advisor who said, look, you got to choose a major. You're never going to get out of it. <laughs> you you got to pick something, stick with yeah, it. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I thought I understood what journalism was about. And um, I liked it. I liked writing. I love writing. Um, that's kind of my, my primary thing. And I thought, well, okay, I can try this, you know, so I declared my major in journalism and I loved it. Um, I started working at the, the, the Lantern, the school newspaper. I was also working otherwise to get myself through school, but it was exciting um, and, and it was fun and it was something you could see the results right away and every day was different and great challenges. You get to meet wonderful people. I think the number one thing I learned um, in that time was how to listen and mm. how to connect with people and let people talk and really listen to what they're, what they're saying. And I, I have to say, I think that's one of the, the most important skills that I bring with me, whatever I do, you know, making those connections and giving people space to talk about what's important. So anyway, I started my career as a journalist, small newspapers um, in Ohio and West Virginia and New York, Um, started moving up the chain a little bit, doing editing and was a bureau chief at one point, Um, moved into a a kind of a big editing role for me and moved out to San Jose, California, which was really cool, really exciting, all this (laughs) tech stuff going on. And I was always fascinated with technology and science. So, oh, I was in my element. I just loved it out there. 
Oh, wow. Did you study, sorry, did you study a little bit of the sciences at college too? Is that part where your interest comes from? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I Back when I couldn't quite decide, I figured out maybe I could do science journalism. You know, maybe maybe that's a way I could combine what I mm-hmm. like with something I think I could do. Because honestly, at the time, I didn't really understand what a scientist did. I had no concept of what it would be like to have a career in the sciences. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have any role models or mentors. I didn't have access to that. I didn't see anybody I knew like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't see someone that, like, looks like you or has someone who can guide you. It's kind of like, oh, this sounds like a lovely idea, but there's no way I can achieve, achieve exactly. it, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. And and part of that, I mean, the lesson I, I take away from that is to learn to dream a little bigger. Um, it, you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I had gone into, like, engineering or, you know, something else. I mean... Mm-hmm. But anyway, different story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So from from there, uh, from San Jose, that was a big turning point for me because that's where I met the guy who became my husband. Um, And that's how we ended up in Kansas City. Um, Still working as a journalist, still, you know, just following our dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How... I feel like during that transition, I mean, there's a lot of transition. Like you were like, you worked in Ohio, worked in West Virginia, and then you moved to California. And then eventually like you met your now husband, like, okay, let's like move to Kansas City. How, I guess my question is kind of like, especially when it comes to like career changes and like as women, like making those decisions and like finding confidence in yourself, how did you figure out like, I guess like those are the best decisions like to make. Hmm. And how did you feel about making those decisions along the way? Like me, like looking back now, like me, you looking back as an, an established adult, you can be like, Oh, like I felt this way or this was good. Or like I could have done this. Like, how do you feel about, that transition because that's a lot of transition to go through yeah it is i i was willing to travel um so i grew up in columbus ohio and one thing i knew about myself was that i was not going to spend the rest of my life there i wanted to move around i wanted to see more of the world so i took those opportunities and i sought them out you know i wanted to get away and when i got the chance to work in new york um, niagara falls and buffalo area Mm -hmm. and i was doing some science reporting that was huge i mean it was it was a exciting thing for me and the same with california i I wanted to go to california i wanted to see (laughs) what things were like out there you know so i was i was ready to travel i Mm -hmm. i those were all easy decisions for me the harder one was really um with my husband tom you know figuring out gosh is this for real is this is this really the thing you know Mm -hmm. and uh what it came down to was trusting my instincts um you know there were a lot of reasons that i i could have stayed in california and you know could have been a different different turnout but i i followed my heart i trusted what my what everything was telling me you know Mm-hmm. that's how I made that decision. And yeah, in retrospect, I'm going to say it was a good one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, everyone met Tom, it was a couple months ago. Uh-huh. I was like, this is, I was like, I see how they like fit together. I was like, they're so cute. So that turned out well. 
yes. <laughs> can we let's can we talk about at one point you you worked in corporate America as well, um, and I'm pretty sure in some ways it was different than working for like the the newspaper institutions that you worked for. What was that experience life like? And I think I asked that. I mean, I'm someone who doesn't work in corporate America. So for me, that's like not my world. But from the outside, I'm just like, oh, that sucks. But people choose to do it and we need corporate America. But I think especially as a woman, like it's a pretty like, it can be like a toxic field. It can be very like male heavy. So what was your experience going into it and how was it like as a woman and then also you we when we had talked to you you mentioned you eventually left it because you found a different opportunity or it wasn't the right fit could you go into what that was like i think especially as a woman in particular yeah yeah i can um so at the newspaper i was working by that point in a um in, in an executive role in technology. I was vice president of uh, new media, digital media. Um, and the technology was so exciting at the time. I had an opportunity to move into a technology heavy company, um, again, in a pretty good position. And it would have been, it, it was a terrifying move. <laughs> She's like, wasn't excited. She was like, I was terrified. I was, I was scared to death. I remember driving to work on the first day thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> completely new area, completely new field. I'd never worked in corporate America, but here I'm uh-huh. going into this role. I'm like, oh, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was diving in and, you know, I, I I was willing to learn, um, and it took some time to learn the culture and learn what it was like. There were a lot of smart people around me, and I learned a ton from them. Um, but over time, I did see the uh, the glass ceiling, the challenges for women, um, the difficulties. You know, just it's the same old story, the same thing that everybody faces. You have a good idea, somebody else says that it's their idea. You know, mm, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just just all the all the normal things, um, not being heard, having to negotiate harder, having to do more, always having to prove yourself. You know that kind of stuff. Um, but I stayed with it. I worked uh, in corporate America for 13 years. Um, and That's a long time, Nancy, to be like, I don't want to do it. And then you're just like, hold oh, I you stayed for 13 years. That's yeah. wild. But I, but I will say I had some wonderful times as well. I mean, some mm-hmm. really terrific opportunities working internationally, working in all different fields that really gave me a chance to grow and learn. And I think that's why I stayed as long as there were so many opportunities to um, keep spreading my wings and keep learning. It, it was good. But then finally it got to a point where I was just so tired of the, the fatigue, the, the challenge. <laughs> I mean, it just, it shouldn't have to be that hard. You know, it really should. So, um, Time came, company was downsizing, it was looking for, you know, looking for ways to get rid of people. And I said, okay, this is it for me too. So right. I, you're like, I will take myself out the door. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and, but frankly, if I hadn't, they probably would have anyway. So that was, that's, I mean, like, no, keep, keep going, keep going. You you had something to say. No, I I was just going to say, and again, I was terrified. I thought, (laughs) Oh my God, now what am I going to do? You know, I, um, it was, you know, these abrupt changes and Mm -hmm. it was terrifying to think about, um, I think I told you this story. I thought immediately, well, I'll just go get another job. I'll go apply at these other corporations mm-hmm. and do the same thing there. Because mm-hmm. you're qualified. Like, you have the expertise, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I had opportunities. <laughs> I remember I was going through this one interview process, and it was going to be like six or seven interviews, and I was – like halfway through and I kept getting these stomach aches every time I would get ready for the interview and I kept just dreading it. And I, wow. Once again, I thought, you know, what is, what is this telling me? I, I really don't want to do this. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull myself out and take some time. And I did. So I, I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm removing myself from consideration. And I, I, uh, took some time to think about what I wanted to do. And it was during that time that I actually took a um, entrepreneurial course. The Kauffman mm-hmm. Foundation does this great thing, Fast Track, where they put you through a program to let you explore yourself, let you explore what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what you want to do, what you think you could do, and figure out if you could could do it on your own. Well, I did that. And then I said, well, I guess I might as well try. (laughs) (laughs) So I I launched my own business, went back to journalism and writing. And now I'm a corporate, not a corporate, a a communication specialist for corporate clients. That's awesome. Did you ever feel like, so I'm going to ask this question kind of based on the last episode we did. Um, Last week's episode, Marlena and I, we talked about the expectations of women having to be like, like girl bosses doing all the things and like raising a home at the same time. But Marlena, she had told a specific story where uh, a friend of hers decided to take like a demotion to like have more time with her family. And she kind of got a lot of backlash for it. Whereas it was kind of things where the same people who if she decided to get a promotion and a pay raise would have been like, Oh, you're being like a bad, like mom or something. So I asked this question, the sense of when you decided to leave corporate America, did you feel like you got a backlash from folks? Not necessarily like family wise. I mean, if you want to elaborate on that, you can, but did you feel people go, Oh, Nancy, you're making like a horrible decision. Like, why would you like leave if, because you had a good opportunity and then you had were in these interviews for what seemed like good positions, but you decide to do something that is risky, like doing an entrepreneurial course and being like, oh, let me just maybe start my own business. Like, did you get a lot of backlash from people? And if you did, what was that? What was that like? I, I can't say that I did. I, okay. I um, mm-hmm. And maybe it was just because of the timing. Um, so this mm. was 2008. The economy was falling oh. off a cliff. Everybody mm-hmm. was getting laid off. I mean, you know, thousands oh, yeah. and thousands yeah. of people in Kansas City were without work. And everybody, I had the sense that I was part of this great mass of people that was figuring out what is going to happen to me next. And mm-hmm. at the same time, trying to take 
a little bit of control for that. You know, mm-hmm. what can I mm-hmm. do? <laughs> Not what's going right. to be. What can I do? What can I make happen? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do so you I, think? Yeah. I mean, that's good that you didn't res- like feel that because that would have sucked. But do you sometimes feel? Um, I guess like women can receive that. And I think especially like in corporate America, I think there's this idea that like also to, if you like slip up or not perfect, then everyone's like, oh, you're awful. When maybe you just made a minor mistake. Maybe you decide not to speak of that one meeting. Or maybe you did decide to speak of that one meeting because you're like, hey, George, I have an idea for it. Like, do you, do you think if you have, you can explain if you have, but do you think that women receive that kind of double standard or backlash in corporate America. I, I think that still exists. Mm-hmm. I think by and large, uh, I mean, from talking with my friends who are still in corporate America, I think by and large, a lot of it is still toxic and unsafe for women and not mm-hmm. a working place for women. I, I think it is still true that women have to do more to be perceived as competent. Um, Mm -hmm. I still think women are judged by the sound of our voices and Mm -hmm. appearance and the expectation that we're either frivolous or not smart or not strong enough, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. I I think it's still a proving ground. Right. Yeah. I think especially if, Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's one of those things where, like, if you are, like, super soft, like, I see, I feel myself as a super soft person. I don't think I'm aggressive, but I'm pretty sure it'd be one of the things people be like, oh, she is not tough enough to be in it. But if I was, like, pretty aggressive about something that I wanted or was, like, like, once again, I don't know why I use George. Hey, George, like, I have this idea. I think we should do this. People will be like, oh, she's being too much. Like, she's being excessive. And I, the idea of, like, if a man did that, he'd be like, oh, Michael's doing a great job. He's just trying to do his job and impress everybody. So it really sucks that there's, like, this, like, double standard yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, I mean, I think until we can just we got to keep fighting you know it's a constant struggle but we got to keep at it i mean men like to be around men they like to hire people who look like them who think like Mm -hmm. it's a challenge to um force the issue and i i think we still need to force the issue everywhere you know Mm -hmm. i mean executive level boardrooms entry level professional careers all that all that Mm -hmm. those places no, yeah, exactly. I agree. You can find it on any like part of like the workforce food chain. I think that's the like the really frustrating part. As soon as you think you made one level and you think you proved yourself, it's like, oh, there's another there's another thing that happens. And I feel like sometimes also happens between like I think sometimes you're talking about like men and women in the workplace, but I think that can also happen with like women against women in the yeah. workplace. I think especially like in like tough environments or especially environments where there's traditionally not many women. Yep. Like the idea of like, ooh, like maybe someone's like, oh my gosh, Nancy's trying to like take my spot. Nancy's really just trying to go to work, do her thing and have fun and then go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that I think that's the part that sucks the most is just like women be like, oh she's after me. No, I'm not. Or maybe you are, but you shouldn't be in a negative way anyway, because like yeah. we're all in this together. 
I agree. I agree so much with that. I mean, it's, I've seen that as well too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if it's um, acting out the code or trying to, you know, demonstrate how tough you are, if it means stepping on somebody else or kicking somebody else as they go by, that never works. It just never works. It doesn't. Yeah. And at the end, like everybody, essentially everyone just like fails in a way too. Cause then you, someone just becomes like a nasty person, a mean yeah. person. And then someone loses an opportunity that like, wasn't their fault to lose. It just, someone was like, didn't advocate for them or like speak up yeah. for them. I mean, I'd, I'd much, much rather work on a team and be part of something and have everyone pull in the same direction together. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. Life's too short to be angry and carrying a gun. Exactly. That's what I try to tell people. Like, why be, you're going to die, okay? At least die knowing you are a good person and you are nice, okay? <laughs> Can we? That's true. It's true. I just, I just really hate it when people are like mean to other people. Also, just unnecessarily, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, I also, I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit and talk a lot about like confidence. Um, I know for me, confidence is something that I struggle with. Just, I think part of it is like, I'm in a stage in my life where like, I'm figuring stuff out and have so many options. Right. And like now, like I know for me, I'm like three years out of college and now I'm just like, okay, maybe I should start like thinking my career a little more seriously and start trying to make moves for it, whatever that means. Um, but what, I don't say tips and tricks, but what things have you along learned along the way in your journey? I think about gaining confidence. What have you learned from corporate America that I hope has helped gain your confidence? And then now that you, you have your own business and everything, so that's like an interesting new step. So what things have you learned from that, that's like, what have you learned from that to like help you gain confidence? And also, what is that experience like doing your own business as well? So I'd ask you like three different questions, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not a journalist, so I don't know how to properly ask questions well. But no, if you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a fun conversation. Um, confidence is a, is a tough one, and everybody has to build it on on your own, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has to chew with their own teeth. I mean, you can't tell somebody else how to do it. It's something that's true experience. Um, But the only thing I can say is do the things that you love, you know, do the things that make you feel good. And when you feel good, you're going to be more invested in it and you're going to be more excited about it and you're going to devote more of yourself to it. Right. And Mm -hmm. Mm it forms this, this, passionate feedback loop, right? That, that keeps mm-hmm. feeling it. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Do the things you love. Yeah. First up. <laughs> if it's miserable, figure out a way. I mean, all jobs have parts that, you, you know, not all, I don't think there's a perfect job that doesn't have one thing that you hate to do, but mm-hmm. focus on the things you'd like to do and move yourself in that direction and also stay open learn. I mean, the the most important thing I think starting out is learning about yourself and being really comfortable with yourself, knowing what you like, what you don't like, what makes you angry, what you want to work for, what you want to see in the world, what you are doing to contribute mm-hmm. to that, 
right? It, it, mm-hmm. it, until you know that, you're just you're just fishing. You know, you're just, and that's fine. Right. But, uh-huh. No, it's just fine. Sometimes, sometimes I'm just swimming, just trying to figure it out. And like, that's, I think that's okay. I think also like, um, especially part of it, like, it's okay. Just like figure it out and like fish around. Like, I think as a society and I think, um, maybe now for like my generation, I think there's just kind of a little bit of this pressure. Like you have to know like exactly what you want and like how to do it. Like I know, especially I came from a university where, if you didn't have things figured out by graduation, you are fucked. <laughs> like that was not good. When one also that was this, that was a main university in DC. So that's a totally different environment. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, a lot of people can like uh, speak to the fact that there's this pressure to like, you have to like figure out exactly what you want to do. And sometimes it's okay not to know what to do. I think I kind of as you mentioned is like part of the process of like, building up confidence like you gotta take it a day at a time and like find something that you love i think i think that's i think that's the thing because sometimes as depending on where you're from culture society people are like oh you gotta take this one specific path yeah you know but if it's not the path that you want to take or it's not a path that intrigues you in any way it's going to be hard to like love yourself and find confidence if it's something you're not interested in or something you don't think you're good at but people expect you to do exactly that's exactly right i think i mean my my opinion i see so many people funneling their kids in a certain direction to make sure they get into the right school and study the right thing and you know get that career as a lawyer or whatever to you know Mm -hmm. without giving the kid a chance to really explore I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they really do love dinosaurs and want to be a paleontologist. And that is great. Someone has to figure out those dinosaurs. We still have fossils, you know? <laughs> but someone has to do it, right? It, it yeah. kind of reminds me of, I remember, like, after my junior year ended, I made the decision that was like, I don't think law school's for me. Like, for the longest time, since I was 12, I was like, I'm going to go to law school. It's going to be great. I'm going to do all these things. And then, I don't know what, like, junior year, I was like, I don't think law school's for me. And I remember telling my mom, and she never, like, groomed me as a kid to, like, yes, you got to go to law school. But I think for her, once I had that decision at 12, which she what she thought that was great i think she was like she has to do this now and then i broke the news to her that i don't want to go to law school and she was so sad she was very much like what are you what are you gonna do and i was like i could go get a master's you know what i mean like i could just like do something else in my field i don't have to do law school but i think a lot a lot of people feel that pressure like they have to like do something and i know that like maybe i will go to law school i doubt but maybe i will but i knew if i like went now I'll be like miserable and like hate myself. And I think, yeah, mm -hmm. what a courageous thing you did, you know, that took Mm -hmm. courage to really, to change direction, to recognize that you didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was scared to tell my mom, I'll be honest. I was very nervous. I was like, mom, I know what I'm doing. She was like, she was like, what do you mean? So now, now she's, now she's like fine with it, but, but it's true. Right. I think the first step is like, you gotta like mention like courage. I think that's a good thing about confidence and like taking like the risk. I feel like your story is full of a lot of like taking risk. Like you moved yeah. around and then, then you moved 
to California and then you're like, oh, I, maybe I'll marry this man. Let's see if it works out. And then you move. So that's like a risk too. And then you're in corporate America, which I, I think it's kind of risky. <laughs> and, and it's a, this is, this is someone who just works in the nonprofit that for me, I'm like, oh, it's risky, but you know, and now like you have your own thing, especially during the 2008 financial crisis. I forgot you had told me this before, but I totally forgot, which is a very risky time period. That was not, yeah. that was probably not fun to be an adult in that time period. <laughs> yeah. I remember being a kid and being like, wow, this is very interesting what's happening. And, and as you as an adult, you're just like, what am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the thing, um, I mean, this is so, sounds so silly, but my, my first real, real job was as a waitress. I worked, mm-hmm. worked my way through college waitressing and I was pretty good at it. So I knew like in the back of my head, I knew that if everything went wrong for me, I could do that. And I, I, I could, I could do that. Now I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to think of myself as, you know, all grown up and being a waitress as my mm-hmm. career. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you know you have a skill, it, it gave me that little bit just in the back of my head that said, "Well, what's the worst that can happen? I could do this for a couple of years. I could try this. I could do that. I know I can come back to things." And I think over time, that little brick in the back of my mind grew up a little bit, you know, I knew I could, mm-hmm. yeah, I can write, I can edit, I can report, I can interview, I can plan, I understand strategy, I know how I can affect things, you know, so all these little building blocks mm-hmm. developed, and that it took time, it takes time to build confidence, I think. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was exactly. I think it was also kind of interesting what I was kind of thinking as you were talking about like how you felt like I could go back to waitressing. I don't want to, but it's a skill that I know I have. And they're like, I know how to write. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Would you, would you say that like, I think especially as women, it's important to to like know the skills that you have and to gain on, like have a plan B, you know, I think sometimes, um, I feel sometimes a lot of times what happens and this is just, just me observing, like sometimes you, you build something for yourself or you have this certain lifestyle or something. And not that you always have to plan for the worst, but like if something goes awry, then it's like, Oh, what other skills do I have? Would you say that like, even if you're in your career or something, always continue to build other skills and expand. So in the case something happens, you're like, well, at least I know how to write like yes. a professional writer. Uh huh. Yeah, I would say absolutely. And I think that's just healthy to kind of keep your eyes open. I mean, so in corporate America, they tell you to always be on the lookout for your next job, right? Always be grooming yourself for the next step. I think that's good advice, but it doesn't always have to be up a career ladder it can be keep your eyes open on the horizon around you for what else might be out there that you could try. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it could be working at a pet shelter or taking up nursing later or, you know, uh, working in social justice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you, you keep your eyes open and keep attuned to what the possibilities are, you can, you can have other plan B's. You know, mm-hmm. it could be there for you. 
I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, Nancy, that's kind of all the questions that I have for you. I'm just sitting here just like, wow, Nancy's my friend. I love Nancy. Oh, so happy we are friends. Yeah. But I just, I loved, I just love the, like, I think your journey is really cool. It's not like an, like a extraordinary, I would say like unique out of this world journey. Like it's not, but I think what I like about it and I hope what people like learn from it is kind of the idea of like, at least my takeaway is like, take risk. I think trust your gut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you know you need to leave somewhere, maybe you should just do it. Or maybe something will happen. It'll force you to leave like the 08 financial crisis, which I think in some ways you could say like helped you a lot, but I feel it's like take risk, trust your gut and like, confidence comes into play well that is that what you would say like what is your like words you would have for women like me (laughs) I, I I think you did say it I guess the one other thing I would say is let your energy out you know it don't don't hide it don't be shy try it give it a shot right I mean know your own boundaries but but let your energy out sing if you want to sing you know you got to live life. You got right. to do the things that are going to make you happy because that's going to make you more productive and it's going to make the world a better place. And that's why we're here. Yeah. I think sometimes people forget that you have to do what makes you happy and makes you fulfilled. Yeah. Cause also at the end of the day, it's just you, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you die, it's just you. <laughs> Yeah. it's just you and your body and your soul and if you believe there's a next life it's just you and that next life right so what are you doing with your energy right what can right I do, what can i do that's gonna help something yeah that's yeah that's true oh my gosh nancy well this is it i that's all i really have for you i promise you'd be nice and short thank you <laughs> thank you Lacey. i love yeah. this love your podcast Go oh my gosh them. Thank you. Well, all right, everyone, that is it. Um, Remember to stay hydrated, uh, take your vitamins, and remember to always come as you are. Bye for now.